Welcome back to another episode of Blush. I'm your host, Hiva, and I'm joined here today by Alyssa Alter. Alyssa is an author, a speaker, a coach, a former Broadway performer, <laughs> certified Pilates instructor, pelvic health expert, comedian, co-founder of the postpartum of postpartum.com and the Amy Polar of Vaginas. Alyssa, how are you? I'm I'm good. That is the one note that I had in my notebook. I loved when you were like, I need to go get my notes. It's actually one note. It's just the one. Just one note. One bullet point. Be right back. I need to get my note. (laughs) And that's, I started laughing because when people, like whenever I'm asked like what it is that I do, I'm like, I do a lot of things. I don't really know how to succinctly answer. Like I don't have like an elevator pitch. I have like oh my God, a I know. couple cocktails and some appetizers. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I have like a pamphlet pitch. Like I'm, I could write you a book. I don't know. Like it's, I have to say like no question in the world gives me as much anxiety as what do you do? Yeah. I, like, I don't know. I, I eat and I sometimes pick fights with my boyfriend. Bitch, what do you do? <laughs> I'm like, what do you do? I'm like, well, in what context? Like, yeah, which, yeah. like, which thing do I get paid for most often? Which, like, are we talking in that way? Or, like, what do I do with my free time? Honestly, there's a lot of overlap. Yeah. Because... I do what I love and I, and I love what I do. (laughs) (laughs) And then sometimes I feel like I, it's, this is so dumb, but I feel like I like, shouldn't, shouldn't talk about my performance background and like my life as a dancer and a performer, because I feel like then people don't take me seriously as someone who knows what I'm talking about, but then Mm. I'll throw it in. And obviously like, you know, it's cool and it is impressive but I also felt like a lot of my career in musical theater and performing people just assumed I was dumb and then literally I can't tell you the number of people who then like when I started writing my own work and writing more and like really establishing myself as a thought leader the number of people who said to me I didn't realize you were smart (laughs) you know someone said that to me one time I answered a question in class and someone turned around (laughs) and goes Oh, wow, I didn't know you were smart. I was like, honestly, me neither. <laughs> we all learned something new today. <laughs> See, I'm always like, what do you mean? Like, uh, what do you mean you didn't know? No, like, it's, do you think it's because you're blonde? Yes, I think it's because I'm blonde. I think it's because I'm happy mm-hmm. that I've like always been bubbly. Mm, and that's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's and that what like I'm petite and have big boobs. I think the blonde hair uh, and the yeah. boobs yeah, are yeah. part of it. Well, that is a whole thing. Have you ever been darker haired? Like, did you ever dye your hair? No. Okay, so you can't compare I guess, it like... Well, I guess there was a short period of time where I did dye my hair red. Mm. Well, more like strawberry because yeah. mm-hmm. I was told by multiple casting directors that blondes aren't funny. That like a musical comedy, you have to be a redhead. So if I dyed my hair red, I would get all the parts that I wanted. And it was right before I got divorced. Uh And I was like, well, like, cool. Like, I think I was also trying, I was definitely like swayed by the casting directors, but also was like very open to changing things in my life and kind of trying to change everything else until I realized, oh, what actually has to change is my marital status. Right. Um, But so I dyed my hair red for a little bit, but like, no, like I've... I've always had blonde hair. Mm-hmm. 
do blondes have more fun? Can you compare? Well, I don't know. You were getting divorced. How much fun could you possibly have been having? Okay. The, I left the first time I met with my divorce attorney, I left and literally did high kicks down Lexington Avenue. And I called a friend and it was doing high kicks down Lexington Avenue yelling, I'm getting a divorce. <laughs> and so if, and if you're listening and you saw, it was like, early 2015 and you saw a blonde woman doing high kicks down Lexington <laughs> Avenue yelling that she's getting a divorce that was me and also like let me know you saw me like do you have a video or a pic it was a really an exciting time in my life <laughs> I have to say I used to love breakups until I had like a really really bad one I used to love them because usually I'd be in this cycle of being in a relationship that I didn't really want to be in that was like pretty toxic. We would like fight, make up, fight, make up, fight, make up, fight, make up. And then when we'd break up, I was like, finally, it's actually over. Like I'm finally out of this shitty situation. Yeah. That's, I mean, no good marriage ends in divorce. Right? Like whether or not, you saw it coming or really didn't or I mean there's uh, listen there's a lot of variables but for me this was the exclamation point at the end of a very long run on shitty sentence that was poorly constructed Mm -hmm. um so it was getting to that point that was horrible and that that honestly took years Mm -hmm. um but then actually getting divorced was like um I would listen to Beyonce's song freedom Mm -hmm. freedom freedom I Mm -hmm. can't lose in Whole Foods and like jam out like that was I would listen to that and Megan Trainor and also then I would drink a lot and listen to Carole King's Tapestry that was I did spend a lot of time doing that but those were the soundtracks right of um, my divorce. But overall, the feeling was really a freedom. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, know. it was over. Yeah. Like, I didn't... It was no longer my problem. And, like, I could just do whatever the fuck I wanted. Right. I've heard someone say... I nearly said a friend of mine. She's not a friend of mine. She's someone whose podcast I listen to. I was like... <laughs> like please insert like you're like my friend Kristen Bell I know her as the voice of Princess Anna in Frozen (laughs) very close (laughs) she doesn't like technically know who I am (laughs) I think we're friends that's normal right (laughs) I love that one time to my boyfriend I was like oh my god we were just talking about blah blah and I was like and by we were just talking about I mean I was listening to the office ladies podcast and they were talking about it on the podcast and I was listening but you know but it does when you listen to a podcast though and it does often feel like you're hanging out with friends yeah Um, but yeah, so a woman whose podcast I listen to who your best literally friend. doesn't know I exist <laughs> um, she said that her divorce was her first act of like true self-love yes I, a hunt, it was the first time I actually stood up for myself mm-hmm. and put myself first and didn't prioritize what other people wanted for me, wanted of me, expected of me, um, or from me. And I also, like some, I remember being very close to the end and 
my ex and I were fighting and so the dog started barking and the way that he disciplined the dog was it just like it was very controlling it was very it he didn't hit him he didn't hurt him this was not that kind of situation but it just was so authoritative and controlling Mm -hmm. and I just like saw it in a new way and was then like some there there must have been something in the conversation about like when we would start having kids and I just had this thought process of like if this is how when things are difficult like you handle our puppy Mm -hmm. I cannot bring a child into this like this dynamic like and so I started thinking like on behalf of these like future theoretical children Mm -hmm. like I'm not having children with you and then I realized then I kept thinking and was like but what if like then why am I accepting this for me like why am I okay if I'm not okay with this for someone else like why is it okay with me yep and I was like oh god I was like we're we are opening up a big can of (laughs) worms and like I really had to look at like what was it that I was tolerating it tolerating not just in that relationship but in life like what did I want what do Mm -hmm. I deserve what and it I mean it yeah I mean it was the biggest thing that happened in my life and it was the worst but also really the best Mm -hmm. and like I am glad all of that happened like I mean I also don't wish it on anyone but Mm -hmm. like I learned so much about myself and it just became a hundred percent clear that for either one of us to be happy, the other one had to give up 100%. Mm. And I was like, that's not fair to either of us. Right. And while like, sure, I could have a whole laundry list of like, I hate you. I hate this. Or like play the blame game. I found this real sense of, um, ownership and I I just like I feel like I just like grew the fuck up yeah and was like also like this isn't your fault and this isn't my fault like we and here's what I'm doing that's like not okay mm-hmm. and this is not what I want and this is what I want and I deserve it and you know what so do you mm-hmm. and like we just we cannot do that together yeah you know what's crazy? I have given that advice so many times of like, would you have kids with this person? And take out, do you want kids? Because we're just talking hypothetically. Would you bring innocent children into the planet with this person? And if your answer is no, like his, I don't want like his political views to rub off on an innocent child. I don't want like the way he talks to people to like uh, kids to be exposed to that. Then like, why are you tolerating that? Right. And like, yeah, I, Yeah. A hundred percent. And like also my husband now, who's incredible, mm-hmm. when we were dating, we had this conversation about kids and I was like, that's like my one deal breaker. Like I want two kids and mm-hmm. I will go to extraordinary measures. Like you need to know you are signing up for like, ultimately at the end of the day, it is not that as important to me how they get into our family, but there will be two of them. Mm-hmm. Like, so we're going to do mm-hmm. all the things. And um, he like probably threw up in his mouth and was like, I don't, I don't know if I want two kids. And I was like, okay. I was like that, the, like, I'm not giving you an ultimatum. You don't mm-hmm. need to tell me right now. 
but you do need to think about it because I can't, this is like the one thing that I know I can't, I right. won't compromise on. And if you don't want kids, don't have them. Like do not anyone, like mm-hmm. don't have them if you don't want them. Mm-hmm. Do you have two now? No, I have one. Okay. Okay. Can't wait to have two. I, I definitely want to do a deep dive into a lot of things, motherhood. Yes. But before we get there, mm-hmm. I, so I thought I had a lot of like hyphens and titles. You have a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the one that interests me the most that I want to spend, you know, the next like 46 hours talking about is the Amy Fuller of vaginas. (laughs) So that, um... Yeah. Do you have a specific question? <laughs> no, like how did that come about? Tell me everything. Like where did this come from? Is it because Amy Poehler's blonde and she's funny? Is that like, is she kind of a role model for you? Like blondes can be funny. Like it's, it's yeah, all coming well, together now. Vagina, everything, go. All of- <laughs> One, two, three, vagina. Okay, so it all started. Um, no, I mean, there there are many pieces to this and so many things coming together, but um when I moved to New York to do pursue theater and dancing, I knew I wanted to, I didn't want to wait tables. So I mm-hmm. got my Pilates certification because I loved it and was like, I want to teach in this way. I'm doing something I really care about when I'm not performing and in between shows. And it just felt like a, a more sustainable decision mm-hmm. for me than mm-hmm. um, waitressing, which I did do for a little while. Anyway, um, through that, I then had a back injury from the guys and dolls, well, and I did guys and dolls, and I was seeing a physical therapist who was training to become a pelvic floor PT. Mm-hmm. And through this back injury, I was like, you know, I think it all comes down to like the alignment of your pelvis, and my pelvis is a little bit like this and that. And I was like, I'm nerding out so hard, and like I just took this workshop on it, and like my brain's exploding. And she was like, Have you uh, checked out the pelvic floor? And I was like, What? And she was like, I'm actually doing, you know being trained in this and she shared some information with me and I did a yoga a pelvic floor yoga teacher training mm-hmm. and my brain exploded because I learned so much and I was filled with this fury of how much we are not taught about our own bodies mm-hmm. and the more I was nerding out on it and like sharing with clients that I was teaching in the Pilates studio the more women were coming back to me with questions or shared experiences of like I have been to physical therapy for vaginismus wait I pee out of a different hole than I have sex in my mom didn't know until a few years ago grown-ass woman grown-ass woman like because no one it's like no no one teaches you that although like listen freshman year of high school I took health class I got a hundred on that test Mm -hmm. where I point you know labeled everything correctly but that diagram doesn't relate to my body no one told me to take a look no yeah yet I know exactly which eyebrow hair on my left eyebrow you (laughs) cannot pluck because if that eyebrow hair is gone because someone did it They've done it before. The whole half of the eyebrow is gone because I started waxing very young because I had a unibrow. My mom took pity on me. Thank you, mom. Mm-hmm. But there now is one hair. I know that, but don't can't pick my vulva out of a lineup. Right. Don't know what my anatomy looks like. Like I know where the stretch marks are from pregnancy, from puberty, but I don't know like what 
I that like what my urethra yeah. looks like. Like I just I I don't this doesn't make sense to me. And I was furious about it. And so I started teaching classes and I have courses called Pilates for your privates mm-hmm. where it's learning about your pelvic floor. I do not show anyone mine (laughs) nor do I look at anyone else's I am a doctor of nothing I am not qualified to do that I am not certified to do that I also like that it doesn't matter like Mm -hmm. like the goal isn't for me to see you it's for you to see you and just know your body and as I started doing this work like people were just like wait what what I love this no one ever told me that and I'm like I know and it's bullshit and as this all evolved, it's like, how could it not? I mean, this makes sense to me, but maybe it isn't so obvious. But like, it just snowballed into really coming to terms with, as women, how much shame we are taught about our bodies. Right. And we aren't encouraged to know what's going on in our bodies because if we actually embody our bodies and take ownership and are able, are in a position to confidently and accurately advocate for ourselves we will no longer hand over our power to anyone and everyone else for them to control us Mm -hmm. and that supports systems that are in place that keep us where we are supposed to be Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. so that's why like I am obsessed with this because I think I mean just if you're listening like I don't know pause or maybe keep this going but like go grab a mirror and look at your vulva Mm -hmm. and and like get to know yourself um because I really think that that's like actually a very strong like revolutionary act Mm -hmm. and so it seems that my um superpower is being able to talk about these taboo and then heavy things because also like as women we can't talk about our anatomy and our reproductive organs and sex and sexuality um, without there being a conversation about trauma whether it's sexual trauma whether right. it's emotional trauma because also your pelvic floor is very connected to your autonomic nervous system mm-hmm. and fight or flight and like your you know, the body keeps the score and mm-hmm. all of that is really very true. And I want to bring, and I, apparently I'm not like, not to toot my own horn, but this is feedback I've gotten that I speak, I'm able to speak to this with some levity, with a little comedy, right. with some lightness that it's not to diminish it or um, dismiss the weight, but to sort of like, not me it's heavy enough like right, you don't yeah. need me to tell you that this is a lot right yeah and I I just I don't know personally I'm more drawn to something if I also am a little bit entertained like I love health and wellness even spirituality all those things but like I always say the reason I started this podcast is because I constantly had to choose between one that was like educational and boring and like not relatable. <laughs> yes. And then one that's like fun to listen to and relatable, but like also like not the best of information. So I was like, I just want something to bridge the gap. Like we don't 100%. all have to be this like buttoned up, you know, like wears all white because she does kundalini yoga. <laughs> like... <laughs> right. Where it's just like dancing in the moonlight in the full moon. Like you're also like, 
Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. But like, or the all white, by the way. I mean, I'm kind of I mean, wearing right. all white. <laughs> and you look great. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, to- I totally agree. And like, you're more apt to learn and like participate more if you're having fun while you're doing it. Yes. Like, same yeah. thing, like if you are eating in a way that you're like, I, oh oh my God, I remember what, so I, when I was about 14, right, I danced all the time. Like I was Mm -hmm. in school and I was at dance class. And so you're wearing like for hours, like at three, four hours each night. And then on the weekends in the same leotard and tights. So I started getting yeast infections. And so Mm -hmm. because I was so young, it was like, okay, I had to like change my tights, but I also saw a nutritionist because having a lot of sugar in your diet, like the yeast feeds on that. And this was like, I don't know, when I was 14, what year was that? It was, I, okay, wait. I heard that the kids now are saying the late 1900s, and, which is like, so it was the late 1900s. And I was doesn't that just make you feel like we're like in Renaissance? Oh. Like I was born during the Renaissance, you know? Like the late nineteen hundreds. Go 19... fuck yourselves. Granted, at least in the late nineteen hundreds, we were wearing what the kids now are yeah. wearing. So I guess it's cooler. I don't know. Um, but I saw this nutritionist, and like the food she told me to eat was like horrible. Sorry, my dog. <laughs> Freaking out, trying to get in the room. I thought like a pipe burst or something. That is a lot of heavy breathing. (laughs) Um, And the the food that she told me to eat, it was like essentially just like plain kashi, like no sugar in anything. And Mm -hmm. I, like, I couldn't do it. I was like, I'd rather you know, use monostat for the rest of my life and be able to like be normal, you Mm -hmm. know, and like enjoy food. And it's like, you know, things have evolved now and you can make it enjoyable. But like if for your health, like right now I'm on the low FODMAP diet Mm because I'm dealing with SIBO, which is... Mm, Yeah, yeah. And that, like you, I've found food that I can eat and ways that I can cook that I still enjoy it that makes Mm -hmm. it less awful but anyway that's such a huge tangent if we can make learning about your vagina fun you're gonna want to learn about your vagina and look at it with a with a mirror and maybe oh my god touch it you might touch it you might want to you might find it interesting you might notice that your muscles are really tight like when you like massage your shoulders because you're stressed or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do you, I've heard about this, like the pelvic jaw connection. Mm-hmm. Is that something you talk about? Because I have a lot of jaw issues. So. Yeah. So with your jaw, yeah, you can, um, like massaging your jaw can help with your hips. Mm-hmm. It's a connection to your hips. And a lot of the okay. pelvic floor muscles go through, like sort of extend through okay. and attach. And vice versa for your jaw, do hip opening. Mm-hmm. And there's a connection which I'm starting to nerd out on. Um, and it's like the type of thing in that I'm starting to nerd out of about it because I know this to be true, but I don't feel like I have all the language I could have to articulate it really well. Um, but the connection between the, like our reproductive organs, like the uterus and the vagina and the cervix and the larynx and vocal cords. I've seen the The images. Yeah. And it's true because I do know that if, 
you have vaginismus or just like get nervous when Mm -hmm. you go for a pelvic exam and like tighten up and it's really uncomfortable or like you have vaginismus and it's painful and maybe won't happen. If you hum, it helps the muscles relax. Oh, so you can just like, like I had a client who she would put in AirPods and listen to, I think at the time it was like Hamilton, but I was like, put on music you like and hum the entire time. Mm. And she had a more successful pelvic exam. Wow, I really need to go in for a pelvic exam. That's like <laughs> actually what I'm getting from this. I, it's, I'm a little bit well, overdue. And something that you can do for fun is um have... Like either bring one or have your doctor give you a mirror while they, while you're doing your pelvic exam. I don't sounds aggressive, not sound right? Like fun to me. <laughs> but or you don't have to watch like during the exam, but you could oh, be okay. like because the scraping. I just try to disassociate from oh, the fact yeah, that it's no. happening. That, That's like, what like it's it just makes you know me what it is. It it's makes not, me nauseous. It's not like it's not that it's the vulva or anything like that. It's nails on a chalkboard no, feeling. No, there to is. Me. I don't know the stats around it. So to say most women, all with, like, I, I don't know the statistics around it, but a lot of people have it's a vasovagal response that some, some people get faint from it. Mm-hmm. I get nauseous, which, really? and it has to do with making contact with the cervix. So that's also mm-hmm. why, have you heard about women who, um, after like having an IUD put in, pass out? No. Some people do, or will like kind of have like a huge emotional response, kind of like a panic attack. And it's a, it's the nervous system freaking out. Have Um, you ever had an IUD? No. It really freaks me out. The concept freaks me out. I, and I, I also never will, but I also, I'm not going to do birth control ever again, probably in my life. That's just me. I don't know that I will either. And that's because, and I, my husband knows this, that he will get a vasectomy after we are finished having children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always thought I would get an IUD after having like the first baby. Um, But I had a fourth degree tear with my son, which is, if you don't know, your actual vagina tears, your perineum. That's this space Mm -hmm. between your vagina and your anal sphincter. I was going to ask about this. The anal sphincter tears and so so does your rectum. So, okay, it tears from the vagina to the asshole. Past the asshole. Past the asshole. So Up, up. into the poop chute. <laughs> what is the poop chute? Is that not your the rectum. asshole? Well, no, that's the, your asshole's the sphincter. Oh I'm learning new things right now. Okay. Right? I, I don't, okay. well, maybe that's just a personal definition. No, 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 no. Keep I mean, going, keep going. So that's your anal sphincter, and then, like, your rectum is where, like, your Oh, where the, the poop, poop is. sits yeah. before comes it comes out. out. Yeah, the poop <laughs> Where it's waiting. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's an area that's like usually clocked for me. <laughs> <laughs> Which okay. muscle tension could be um, contributing to that. Mm-hmm. Just a heads up. Yeah. No, I mean, just constipated since weaned off of breast milk. Oh my God. I see. I had the opposite experience. I basically have had diarrhea my whole life until I got pregnant. You know... I, like out of every 
10 female friends of mine, one has that. It, it is like, I think it's more common for women to be constipated, but I'm fascinated. And when I meet people and a lot of people that I'm around, like my brother, my boyfriend, everyone like tends to have like more diarrhea issues. Like that's... my instinct is jealousy. Like that's how I look at it. I, I get jealous. Like... Well, now that I've experienced constipation, like maybe I'm less jealous, but I, I having experienced both I would prefer to be constipated than shit my pants really? but you don't get moody I turn into a cunt well of course you do I... and it's so uncomfortable but I again like there were times where I would cancel plans because I did not trust that mm. I would be able to make it to my destination fair, fair, without fair. Ac- actually pooping, pooping in my yeah. pants fair because enough. And this was before my sphincter got torn, you know? So we had like a very, like very healthy sphincter. Okay. Right. <laughs> Primo tip top shape. Yeah. And it, it wasn't, the, it, you know, fair but enough. I'm not saying that constipation's cool. Listen, it, they both suck. It, the other day I got my period and I was so constipated and I, my, like, I'm just like being such a cunt to my boyfriend. And then, um, my entire family decides to like FaceTime me all at the same time. I mean, it's like a group. It's not just like unannounced, whatever it is unannounced, but it's a group FaceTime. And they're like, how are you? And I'm like, ugh, I just got my period and I'm so constipated and I'm so angry. And they're like, do you want us to call back? I was like, <laughs> what difference would that make? They're like, do okay. You, do you not poop when you get your period? I think I get more constipated when I get my period. Yeah. Which is weird because I know a lot of people. Well, but there is like you have lower estrogen, which can make you more constipated. But at the same time, the muscles that contract the uterus, those are right next to your rectum. So a lot of people will poop a lot because those contractions are contracting and so everything's moving. But at the same time, if it's hormonally driven, those muscles could be moving and your poop's like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Do what you want. I don't know. I mean, it just, if I like (laughs) think about something the wrong way, I get constipated. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's, it's my body's default answer to everything. (laughs) And I'm the opposite. (laughs) Yeah. But no, you're right. Like fearing not, I mean, I used to take laxatives for many years, like eating disorder related and constipation related. And so I do know the feeling of like fearing not having a toilet around. Yeah. I mean, you know, back in those days I did poop because I was taking a million laxatives every day. But, um, but yeah, no, that is no fun. No, it's, I don't recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) I also don't recommend having stitches in your asshole. That's another thing I do not recommend. Right. Well, you must have been stitched. Okay, so like, so they go like inside, basically inside your colon and have to stitch that up. Is that how that works? I mean, I don't know that we made it that far. Okay. But they had to stitch up your asshole, stitch up the entire perineum, which is yeah, normal which is, in childbirth, birth, is it not? There are four degrees of tearing. Like a first okay. or second degree is normal. A first degree tear usually doesn't even, you don't get stitches. Like the, okay. you know, like if certain cuts, you get stitches and other ones, they will heal on their own. So mm-hmm. like a first degree um, usually doesn't get any stitches, maybe one. Um, a second degree is still in the muscle of the perineum and like maybe some of your vagina. Mm-hmm. 
a third degree starts approaching your asshole. Okay. And then fourth degree goes all the way through. So first and second degree tearing is, um, I mean, there's so much around this. Like, you know, there are people who say that if you do, like, I would, I don't say natural childbirth. I would say like a med, an unmedicated childbirth because I, the stigma of calling it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, that if you do it right, right, that you could have no tearing. Okay. Also, a lot of women experience some level of tearing, which also, like, I don't know, a, a full baby, like a full human baby is coming out of your vagina. Like, right. doesn't sound, doesn't seem impossible or totally unreasonable for there, for it to leave a mark. Yeah. Um, I mean, one would think, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, <laughs> like I have a vibrator that I won't even use because I feel like it's too big and it's like intended to bring pleasure inside your vagina. Right. And like it's not it's, the yeah. size of a full baby, yeah. like a full out baby with like nails and eyebrows and yeah. like like a full baby <laughs> just like a full fucking human coming it's, out yeah it's, it's um, wild but the more extensive tearing is is less common okay and they don't like preemptively cut these days i forget who told me this they yeah doctors try to avoid episiotomies because um i mean there's there's tons of reasons but if you think about it like naturally tearing meaning unassisted tearing Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. your muscles are going to tear sort of naturally where there's a weaker Mm -hmm. point and when they tear when the muscles tear it's not like a clean straight line there it'll be irregular it's like if the muscle tissues are woven together they'll like sort of unweave Mm -hmm. so that then when they heal they'll close back up because it's following a more sort of organic line and it's probably following places where it's already a little bit weaker. Okay. So that's better in terms of like the quality of the healing and all of that versus an episiotomy just cuts wherever. Okay. And can maybe be a little bit more painful or take a little bit longer to heal. But I mean, it it all sucks. Okay. Does that make sense? Though? Yeah. I'm going to switch gears before yeah. I pass out. Um, I think that's fair. Did you poop <laughs> during childbirth? Apparently not, which I find uh, unbelievable. Well, but maybe it's because you're used to being emptied out. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and also, perk. like, I mean, they, it's really true. Like, you're not thinking about that. You wouldn't even care. No. It would be the least of your concerns, is yeah. my guess. Yeah. 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 That's... Fair enough. My mom said she only pooped with me, and it was because before, she's like, I need to go to the bathroom. And they were like, no, 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 it's the baby. And she's like, nope, done this a few times. It's, it's, <laughs> it's I need poop. to go poop. And they wouldn't let her. And then she pooped at childbirth. And she's still upset about it. She's like, it was so embarrassing. Like, they wouldn't. I was like, mom, who gives a shit? Well, and that's like that. That's like going back to that, like what we were talking about before. Like, there are so many things that are connected to, like, just the female experience. Like, the experience of being and presenting as and being treated as a woman in this world that are, 
all, what part of it isn't embarrassing? Right. Right? Like we're just like conditioned to be overcompensating. Mm-hmm. I mean, I honestly think a lot of my constipation, not all of it, but a lot of it goes back to like girls don't poop. Like, you know what Probably. I mean? Like that type of stuff. Like I, I would imagine that has a lot to do with why so many more women tend to be constipated than men. Men just poo everywhere. I see people shitting in New York City constantly. <laughs> That's true. You're not really a New Yorker until you see someone shitting on the side of the, like the, side of the street. <laughs> in between two yeah. cars. Just like... My boyfriend said one time it was raining and he saw someone just get in the middle of the street and <gasps> squat down and oh, do God, it. Oh, God. That's... I've That's seen it a power move. Yeah, no, that is, I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I shut like four doors when I go poo. I'm like, I'm going to go poo. Don't you dare come. I lock the bedroom door. I close the bathroom door. I run the fan. I play a podcast. I play games. Like I have to go through a whole ritual. That's... that's I'm very I get in I get out but now you know my son is almost three so he and he's potty trained and sometimes he comes in and wants to see it and I'm like (laughs) I I'm like I don't know how to handle this because I don't want to teach you to be ashamed yet it feels it's, I have my own feelings about you, like, peeking through my legs to watch me poop. <laughs> Wait, I have to tell you, <laughs> nothing, not one moment in my entire life has made me want to have kids more than what you just said. I've <laughs> honestly been on the fence, and I'm now on the other side of the fence. That is so fucking cute. I think you should let him. I think, in fact, you should foster it so much that when you go to people's homes, he goes and tries to look at other people's poo, too. <laughs> Just like act like it's totally normal. Totally normal. Like we all do this. In fact. And I think part of it comes from, you know, he's in daycare and they all got like potty trained around the same time and they have like a bunch of those potty, like little potties and then like the insert on the toilet that like they poop in front of each other and like like they hang out together on their little potties <laughs> that it's like <laughs> For him, this is totally normal. (laughs) Let me see it. Does it have a shape? (laughs) I know. And at what age does that change? I don't know. Maybe, maybe for this generation, it never will. Maybe Maybe this is how we, you know, create the change we want to see. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That is the cutest thing I've ever heard. Adorable. I mean, it's a, it's in the moment. It's sometimes it's like I really can, can I just like can I just poop? Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. Like I, I get like if my boyfriend even tries to like talk, like yell something, I well, will you have lose to really no, you really have to concentrate. That's like not fair. That's like asking you what do you what are you gonna make for dinner when you're like about to orgasm? It's like you can't. No, yeah. I am. We. I don't want to lose this. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point. Oh my god. The, you know, like the, uh, oh my god, I can't even tell you how many times I've masturbated. Like back when I used to have an alarm 
I don't live with an alarm anymore, not to brag. Um, and <laughs> that you honestly should brag about that. <laughs> well, I also, I don't have kids. I don't, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, but like the alarm would go off right when I'm about to orgasm. And I'd be like, I, I will bomb someone today. Yeah, like, no, I, <laughs> I, this, I, I work to get here. Like yeah. I am. <laughs> now we have to start over. Okay, great. Like, let me start at the beginning of this bizarre, fictitious story I've been using for the Last month and a half. <laughs> yeah, right? And that's like when he talks to you when you're pooping, it's like the same thing. Yeah. You're like, are you fucking getting Yeah, me? I'm losing it. You're Go like, away. now I gotta restart my game. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wanna talk briefly about yes. sex after childbirth. Mm hmm. I mean, were you terrified? Like you, you had to, well, you, I mean, you must've had to wait a really long time. So it, okay. There are so many things about sex after childbirth and there is like the physical component and in that you've been injured, however you had your baby and whatever was sewn back together, whether you had a cesarean or it was your butthole. So there's like the physical part. Which I find it bizarre that just like we're still being told like at six weeks you're clear to just like have sex. Which I also know like a lot of people are ready to go and that's mm -hmm. awesome. But that like the messaging we get is that because like if you think about like if you tear your hamstring, they're not like six weeks later you can go run five miles. Like you rest for however long and right. then you start physical therapy. Then you start walking more. Then, mm -hmm. you, you know, like you, mm -hmm. you progressively challenge and load these muscles for the physical feet. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I mean, I think this also goes back to like, as a woman, like my body just doesn't matter as much as my man's pleasure. Right. Which, uh, that's not, I'm just speaking to like the generalization. No, I that, mean, it's, it's the messaging in society. It's the message. Yeah. It's like, okay, now that you finished making a child for the man, you're ready to you start pleasing get it back him together. With, yeah. with your vagina again. Yes. And, um, did you hear that? That was my stomach. Oh, apparently I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> um, so there's that, but like, so I, I mean, listen, my husband was there when this all went down. I was not the only one afraid, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. So we started really, really slowly. Cause the other thing that happened, like I said to him, I was like, I, miss you like I want to be close with you mm -hmm. I was like the biggest like the real the biggest problem I'm having is that there's a baby sucking on my boobs all Constantly. day yeah like I am not sleeping longer than two hours and haven't mm -hmm. in a long time like I can't make the context switch. Whereas like before kids, it would be like if we were out and you like kind of touched my butt or like kissed me in that way. Like that was enough of a message for my brain to be like, yeah, we're going to like yeah. go home and do this. Whereas now it's like, if you touch my butt, it's like, whoa, where are you going? Why are you touching me? Be careful. There were stitches there recently. Like, and if you touch my boob, I will probably swear at you because they're engorged they hurt they're leaking like all of this stuff that it's like you know people use the term touched out which is definitely true there's a certain point where you're like I don't want someone touching me right now but mm -hmm. there's also like 
I'm being touched all day in this way that is of such utility Mm -hmm. that and like comforting my baby right so I'm like in this place and then I that's a long road to then like being like a sex kitten right 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 yeah or even just a sex prop like I that's still (laughs) far away from where I'm now started so um I really just like out of necessity um communicated with my husband which like I mean look at me go revolutionary right and just like sharing that with him like I want to like I want to have sex with you I want to make out with you I'm afraid to kiss you because I'm afraid that that's a promise then that we're doing Mm -hmm. p and the v Mm -hmm. sexual intercourse Mm -hmm. and like I'm scared and I know you're scared and we don't know so I think we just have to be like explicit about this and I was like can we start with like tonight can we make out how cute also like was that so fun it really really was and then it was like no absolutely under no circumstances do you touch my boobs you can touch my butt over my pants Mm -hmm. that's it that's now it's like starting to date again I wrote an article about this at postpartum about like bringing back necking like bringing back like I found a lot of also like excitement around like because like we did know where it was gonna end and it's like that reconnecting to like physical intimacy isn't just like both of us coming mm-hmm. like that's super cool but that's not like the only way to like enjoy each other and right. to have pleasure there are other ways and then like if you do that sometimes and then also do things where you come like the like that anticipation is also isn't that tantra yeah like delay delaying the gratification like that was super hot but it really allowed us to like communicate and connect and that helped for me with the context switching also Mm -hmm. and I realized I was like this is what I'm also recreating is like sort of the experience I wish I'd been able to have when I first started being physical with someone else, like, whereas like, I definitely, and I think like from talking to other people, like, I think I was sort of middle to the road, middle of the road to more empowered in terms of like saying that feels good. That doesn't like Mm -hmm. being able to speak up for myself. And I think that was a result of being a dancer and just kind of like being connected to my body in any way. Right, right, right. But at the same time, like the first time I had sex, I was like, I don't, I'm just like receiving what he knows. Like I yeah. was just in that more pat, like I don't know what to do because I'm a good girl. Like yeah. rather than being openly communicative about it and yeah. like an, an equal participant. Yeah. Which is ultimately what I wanted, but I didn't know how to get it. And so like this time, like I got to, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Right. And like I was- so beautiful. I was very fun. Like there was one night I was like, okay. Here's the deal. I was like, I'm getting, I'm feeling more confident. One finger max. Like we are, we're going there. It's one finger and that's it. Even yeah. if I say more, we're not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nope. And he was like, okay. And you can say no at any time. And like, also what a fucking turn on is that? Oh my God. Like can- delaying gratification on anything. Like I always say this. The first bite of food when you're really fucking hungry, nothing will ever taste that good. Like delaying Mm-mm. gratification is always, always so much more pleasurable. This is I'm so like, hot. I should start doing this. I, with my <laughs> Seriously, start doing it. And it's also like pairing that with like 
communication and like yeah. consent and like yeah. does this feel good? Like what's hotter? Nothing. Nothing. And it, you know, I think also just in this phase of life, like with a little kid, I mean, more so when they're like baby babies Mm -hmm. that like you're taking care of them all the time. And then for someone to like say to you, does this feel good? Is like even that like feels Mm -hmm. so good. Mm -hmm. Just like, thank you for asking about me. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. thank you for centering me in this experience. Um, but I will also like, cause I completely reject like the number of my doctor never said it to me. I love my doctor. Um, but I like spoke cause I was so outspoken of like, I had a fourth degree tear. I tore my butthole in childbirth, like on Instagram to anyone who would listen. Cause I was like, this is fucked up and no one is telling like, has anyone else had this? Like I'm terrified. What the fuck? No one mm-hmm. said anything. And some of the women I know that had experienced this were like, you know, the first couple times are awful. Just have a few glasses of wine and it gets better. You'll be fine. And I like couldn't believe it. Like I would just cry because I was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not going to suffer through sex with my husband. I'm not going to suffer through sex at all. And the thing I forgot to say before all of this was even before I said to him like one finger, before we did anything downstairs I masturbated Mm. because I was like I need to know how I feel in my body I need to know what feels good and what doesn't so that I can tell you because also like that's like that's not fair to put that all on him and that's not that's not me being in my body. Like that's right. me handing my body over again. Like that doesn't feel safe. That does not feel as safe as my own, especially like your own hand mm-hmm. on your body. Your brain feels safer because as soon as your brain says stop, your hand will stop before you even are like, I'm yep. going to stop now. Like you are so safe. And mm-hmm. then like I did, I masturbated to the point of orgasm, which was obviously fun. Because I enjoy, I, yeah. I'm someone who enjoy, enjoys orgasms. Mm-hmm. And. In, Are there people who don't? I don't know. I just, I okay. don't know. <laughs> I'm just leaving that open. Yeah. Or maybe some people are like, oh, I'm fine either way. That's like you do you. I like them. Yeah. Um, an orgasm is, you know, a buildup of tension in your muscles followed by a release. And then like contractions that there are like different types of orgasms, whether they come in waves or they're sharp or they're long or whatever. Mm-hmm. But. Healthy muscles can contract and release. They can engage and relax. They mm-hmm. can do both. So I also knew that by achieving an orgasm and having those muscular contractions, engagement, and release happening, that my muscles were healing and functioning well. Mm. So I was happy across the board. I was like, which really was very healing because it was just like another confirmation that like, I'm not broken. Right. Because I definitely, well, I mean, I was. Like it all. Literally. Literally (laughs) broken open. Um, Physically, (laughs) metaphysically. um, So it was very healing. And I mean, I think that, again, like that 
It's like a radical step to be like, yeah, I'm going to touch myself. I'm going to know what feels good in my body. I'm going to give myself pleasure because I want to know what I like. And also because I deserve pleasure. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't have to be dependent on someone else for that. I can share it with them. I can get things from someone else that I can't always get for myself, you know, and then there's that um, emotional intimacy as well. But like... Mm -hmm. I definitely, like, younger was, even though, like, I did masturbate, it was, like, I was dependent on someone else for my, or, like, that was my mindset, whether or not my behavior matched it, but, like, it, I was, I would say the opposite, because I started masturbating, God, the listeners are going to, like, throw their phones out of the window, the number of times I've told this story, so I just will tell a very <laughs> abridged story version, <laughs> honestly, like, I can just see longtime listeners be like, not again, um, I started masturbating as a child, like, by accident, like, I didn't know what I was doing, I did that too. Oh, oh my God. I love meeting other people who have this. Cause it, like, I had an orgasm once. It was like, same. I, I have like, no <laughs> idea what just happened, but that was cool. How do I make it happen yep. again? And I immediately tried to make it happen again. I was like playing, playing with my imaginary friends, you know, as I did as an isolated <laughs> child. And I got on the ledge. My parents had like a footer on their bed that had mm-hmm. a ledge. And so I was riding that pretending I was riding a horse and I was like, holy shit, what was that? And so I kept trying to do it again, but I guess there was a refractory period, so I couldn't do it mm. immediately again. So then after that, I would just ride the bathtub ledge constantly, like constantly, <laughs> like no idea what I was doing. I didn't know it was sexual. I just yeah. knew it felt good. <laughs> yeah, no, and lots of little kids do that in I various that. ways. Like I actually, one of my boyfriend's friends recently told me that his little son, who's like, I don't know, like two, three at most, like a very young child. He asked me if I was a woman. He also asked me if I was a child or not. And I was like, honestly, I'm pretty sure it's a fair question. <laughs> Can't really judge Kids you. Are the best. Yeah. I love when they're like, they're like, well, you're really old, so you must be nine. Like, <laughs> or they're like, mm, 70. God, a quick tangent. I was at my parents' house a few weekends ago for my niece's first birthday. And they had other guests there and there was a little kid there. And I, when I got dressed one night to leave, he looked me up and down and he goes, when you grow up, you're going to be a lady. <laughs> oh, I was oh. like, oh, I love you. <laughs> That's so sweet. You. <laughs> I'm waiting for that day too. <laughs> for now, I'm just a wildebeest. But one day I shall one day be a lady. I'm going to be a lady. <laughs> it's adorable but yeah okay going back I've heard he said that like his boy just like plays with his penis constantly and he said it gets hard oh yeah I mean babies infants have hard penises yes erections fascinating it's I mean because it's also like I mean it's a circulatory thing it's like Mm. if their diapers rubbing on it like I mean it's also I think just like a response sometimes yeah it's I mean it's also like a lot when you're like cleaning up poop off of your son's erection like that's like <laughs> you know an experience that I didn't like I I just didn't know that one was coming like there Did were other things that warn you 
I knew that they got that. Okay. I knew that. But there, I mean, it's like a lot of things. Like then when you're actually physically like wiping poop off of it, you're like, <laughs> so this is how this shows up. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. It's, you do a lot of things that you didn't expect to do. Did you ever have to wipe poop off yourself? Have you been peed on? That's gotta yes. be common with boys. Yeah. Is I it did just get are peed you on. wiping pee off the ceilings? Like is that <laughs> is it no. just going well, everywhere? Because again, you like once it happens, you're kind of prepared. So like you develop your style mm-hmm. of things. Like some people have like a like a burp cloth nearby that they'll put over their penis mm-hmm. so that if they do pee they just wet that or you can like use the diaper as a shield mm-hmm. but also the other day my son woke up and was just like I don't I don't know like he was he was in he was having a really hard time and he was like throwing things and he was yelling and he wanted nothing he wanted everything mommy go away mommy give me a hug hitting me scratching me like I was like what is happening and um he didn't want me to take his diaper off because he still sleeps overnight with a diaper Mm -hmm. but then he wanted it off so he could go to the potty and I was like okay but then he didn't want me to take it off so he took it off and there was just a lot of back and forth and then he wanted to play with something and I was like don't you need to go to the potty he was like no and there was like (laughs) a lot more back and forth and then that fucker I love him I'm obsessed with him he looked me dead in the eyes and peed on the floor (laughs) like he was standing there naked and he looked (laughs) just started peeing and it was it was I I started laughing because because it's so absurd I was like what are you doing like what a weird power move not allowed to do that and I like picked him up to take him to the bathroom and he was like I don't have to pee and I was like what you what is happening what is we need to start over like this has gotten insane wait I'm like actually obsessed with your child he's really he's really funny and it was really that was like so stood out so much because he's very like reasonable Mm -hmm. he's a reasonable baby he's always been reasonable and like easygoing and gentle and like he's a lot like my husband like Mm -hmm. just but this that move was that was a lot <laughs> what a move I might have to pull it out <laughs> honestly like I don't know should we all like take note and like when in high stress times just pee on the floor that dogs do it yeah to like break up what's happening maybe he was like mom we've reached the point of no return we are having a hard time I'm just gonna pee and we're gonna end it my dog the other day I think she's mad at me she got climbed onto the bed to the spot that I sleep in and peed. Yeah, that was she's talk about a power potty train. Yeah, she, she's like she She's an adult. Yeah. Like she <laughs> she knows to not pee in the house. Like she I mean she's had some health issues, but I'm telling you that was she went to exactly where yeah. I laid and peed. Do you know why she was mad at you? I don't know, a little cunt. Like I don't know. I, I went to the bathroom. I think that's what it was. Did you tell her you were going? Yeah, apparently oh. not. <laughs> Maybe she wanted to watch you poo. Yeah, maybe she wanted to see my poo. Maybe, you know? 
I mean, I see hers. <laughs> I handle hers on the daily, <laughs> and she never gets she's to see like, mine. She's, she's like, Mom, this is not fair. <laughs> I showed you mine. <laughs> Show me yours. That is not how it works. <laughs> Literally. That's, uh, my son recently asked me where my penis was. Oh. Mommy, where's your penis? I was like, I don't have one. He was like, and you had to explain. What? Yeah, I was like, yeah, no, you have a penis. I don't. Mm-hmm. And he again just was like, oh, okay. Uh, my mom said I never asked about it, and then in kindergarten one day, a boy took his pants off, and I go, "What is that? <laughs> I do not have that." <laughs> and so the kindergarten teacher had to call my mom, and she's like, "You didn't explain," and she was like, "Honestly, she never asked." It never came up. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's like you present things as they come up. You don't just like, so here's all of it. (laughs) It'd be a bit overwhelming. Yeah, a bit. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. To have a penis, though, I sometimes love to think about it. So I'm so glad you said that. (laughs) Because I've been thinking about this recently that like, Right, like we talk about, like people talk about like big dick energy, right? Mm-hmm. And like telling, I feel like telling women, like we need to have like big dick energy, walk around like you have a dick. And like, okay, cool, like that's fun. But what I want to, here's what I want is like, I want us to then also ask men, like, where, like, where's your vagina? Mm-hmm. Have big, have just vagina energy. Yeah. Like deep vagina energy. Cause like I feel like there's so much conversation around like, we are balancing out like the masculine with the feminine and this recognition that we need both like our whole society, everything, all of our structures have been Mm -hmm. so masculine for so long. And that we, it's like, we just need to incorporate some of the feminine. It's Mm -hmm. not that masculine has to go away. So like, where's your vagina? Mm -hmm. Like I know here's my dick. Like where's your vagina? Don't you think, I mean, I think they would all, I don't know. I don't know if men would know what to, most men would know what to do with that. Would they? No, but I mean, like most women are kind of idiots, no offense. (laughs) (laughs) But don't you think the world would be a better place if they, if men also got in touch with their energetic vagina? Like, I love men who like have a bit more feminine energy. Yes. I think it's so attractive. Yeah, I fully agree. But I also feel like that's, you're like very outgoing. You are very, um... Like you, you take up your space, yeah. which is masculine, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, that probably balances, feels really good yeah. to help balance that out. Not yeah, to say that sure. you're not feminine, but you no, know, no, no, but it's true. I, I really do like embody a lot of masculine energy and I'm okay with that. But yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, for sure. I mean, vaginas are so strong, you know, like a penis is just like the stupid thing that flops around. I mean, they're so silly. They are so silly. And that's like, there's that Betty quote, Betty White quote about like, why do we say like to have balls, like balls are delicate. Like yeah. what about vaginas? They can really take a pounding. Yeah. And it take a pounding, push true. out a human being. Yeah. It can tear from vagina to asshole and repair And come itself. back together and everything work well, yeah. you know? That is and wild. Balls you can barely touch. You can't talk about like looking at something the wrong way. It's like you yeah. with constipation. It's like you think about someone's balls and that, that guy's on the floor yeah. crying. The other day, my boyfriend was taking a shower and I was just standing outside like talking to him. And I was like, 
wow, when he's like, what? And I was like, it's the first time I've really noticed that there are two distinct balls because my entire <laughs> sexual history. <laughs> like, you look at a scrotum and it just looks like it's one thing. <laughs> like, to the point where I've been like, have I just been sleeping with people who've like had one removed or something? Like, am I just seeking out like testicular cancer survivors or something? Like, it was the first time where I was like, you can really see that there are two. And he's like, stop talking about it. I was like, like, I'm not even touching them. They're fine. (laughs) I'm just noticing. And he's like, well, it's because like everything's hanging right now. And I was like, oh, so. Yeah, because it's hot in the shower. So when you get erect, I like I've noticed it on him. God, he's gonna. I really hope he's not like listening. <laughs> Does he <laughs> listen about, to the show? Oh, he used to. He used to actually on our first date. Um, he had listened to all the episodes that had come out. It was seven mm. at the time, and the seventh episode, I spent the entire like first twenty minutes telling this really long story that you would love about <laughs> how I thought I had a yeast infection. This all happened, yeah. by the way, summer twenty twenty. Couldn't go to a doctor. And I was like, oh, I've read this home remedy where you put garlic, garlic in up. your vagina. So I put it in, sleep with it. The next day, I'm like, I'm a holistic queen. Like, this is excellent. <laughs> I'm going to take it out. I go to take it out. And I was like, how does one take garlic out of the vagina? It turned into, I mean, like, I was like, I'll just take it out, right? So I put in a finger. I can't get a grip on it. So I was like... <laughs> No problem. And like I was like, okay, I'll pee, maybe it'll come out. Doesn't come out. Poo, maybe it'll come out. Doesn't come out. And I was like, I'll go for a walk. I think I went for like a five mile walk. <laughs> and I was like, surely it'll have fallen out. Nope. I put coconut oil. I was like, let me lubricate it. Maybe it'll slip out. Nope. I start jumping up and down, won't come out. I, I was like, oh, I've heard about like bending over and coughing. I bend over and cough, won't come out. Bent over, coughing, jumping, all at the same time. It won't come out. I mean, this shit went on for hours. And oh again, God. it's summer of 2020. There are people dying from a disease that we didn't even know existed a few months prior. Hospitals are full. You can't go anywhere. I was like, okay, well, one thing that's not on the table is I'm not going to any sort of doctor. Like, could you imagine? No, because you also weren't going inside places. At all. Like, and like, like going to like a doctor's office or like an urgent care, like just meant getting COVID, frankly. Yeah. But like, even let, let's just set that aside. Could you imagine they'd be like, we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Like you couldn't pick another time <laughs> of your life care. to put vegetables inside your <laughs> vagina. What is wrong with you? I mean, but that also spe- like I have a couple <laughs> friends who are doctors and they were talking about how it was like really hard because they had patients who weren't coming in to get. What is that? Is it is there a ghost in here? <laughs> what the fuck? Um yeah, so sorry for that interruption. Who is here with us? <laughs> you know what? I've been wanting a ghost ever since I <gasps> Wait, I have a really creepy story about something that I, I this podcast is just it's like <laughs> ADHD diaries. <laughs> like what are we even talking about? <laughs> Everything. Okay, one time I I this was before I was dating my current boyfriend. I think I was definitely home alone. I, it was before we were together. 
I wake up in the middle of the night to the strangest fucking sound I've ever heard in my life. It's like, it's like the scoring to a horror movie. And I'm just like zombie wandering around the apartment trying to figure out where the fuck it's coming from so I can make it stop. I come in here, it's coming out of the computer. And I'm like, what? like it like starts at 3 a.m. Like for no reason. And so I'm just like, oh, I don't know what the fuck, like whatever. And then it just stopped. So I was like, great, I'm going to go back to bed. Like I, <laughs> I cannot be bothered right now. And then like a couple hours later, it starts again. And I come in here and I like, I can't figure out where it's coming from. So I just muted the computer. (laughs) (laughs) And then I did take a video when we're done recording. I will play it for you. It is hands down the creepiest sound I've ever heard in my entire life. I, to this day, don't know what happened, but if it was a ghost, it would make sense that in this very room, it would play my podcast again in the middle of us talking about something. How I rude. <laughs> in the middle of us on this <laughs> odyssey of you having a clove of garlic stuck in your vagina. Yeah. <laughs> Which, okay. So my boyfriend, like before our first date, yeah. heard this entire story on it. We sit down for our first date and he's like, I was listening to your podcast. It's so funny. I was dying laughing at the garlic story. And I was like, excellent. (laughs) So pleased that you now associate my vagina with, I mean, it really got to the point where I was like, I might just have to live with this. Like I'm not having sex anyway. Maybe, maybe it'll grow a tree. Maybe like, maybe (laughs) Maybe I'll start a garden. Yeah. Like it's, (laughs) you know, I've been wanting to do more like farm to table. Like what, like, What an innovative way to use this space that goes unused usually. (laughs) But it's also like, I mean, that's something that's so like, I don't know what the right word is, like strange, weird, cool, not cool about dating now is that like you meet someone and you can know all there is to know about them. Like I used to, when I was dating, I... I would do like an initial Google to like, I don't know, like see their Facebook profile, mm-hmm. like check if... Make sure they're real. That's they're their real, real name. That they, yeah. yeah, like make, I mean, a lot of the apps you see, the friends you have in common, but like just like kind of just verify before like meeting mm-hmm. a stranger. But um, I would never do much more than that because I was like, I don't want, I just want to like, I want to get to know the yeah, real person. organically, And then... Yeah. Um, I was on the second date with my husband and he was like, so when are you going to tell me about your ex-husband? And I was like, <laughs> somebody Googled me. And he was like, it really wasn't hard when I Googled your name, like all of your wedding photos came up. <laughs> and I was like, how do you make that stop? Like, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I was married. Like, what do you want to know? But it's so weird. Yeah. I've never Googled someone before a date, uh, but like, I really, I mean, I was just like asking to be murdered at that point. You know what I mean? It was like a safety issue. <laughs> like there are times now where I look back on certain guys that I went on a few dates with and I'm like, like, was that like a cod man? Like, like anything is possible. Like, was that even who he said he was? Like he had no social media presence. He said like, and like, now I'm like, was he just lying? Like, does he have a family with like four children? And like, Probably. I know what, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I just like, well, I don't know. It's in part being lazy in part. It's fine. I'm done with my one no, note. With your note. <laughs> <laughs> in part, um, you know, just not wanting to like, 
know much, you know, just wanting to go in like really blind. Because I also, I'm the type of person who I used to have such like pick me girl tendencies and like, I don't Mm. know, I was so like inauthentic for the longest time. Like I'd mold myself into what I thought was a likable person or like things I'd see on TV and movies and be like, oh, this girl's pretty and liked in this movie and she has this personality trait, so I should have that personality (laughs) trait. So I could see myself if I Googled someone and like, let's say like they were really into like, Grand Theft Auto, I would like go out and buy a PlayStation and like learn how to play Grand Theft Auto and be like, look, and then just casually drop it on the first date. Like, oh, sorry, my thumbs are so sore because I've just been playing so much GTA. Do you know what GTA is? That's what we call it. Like, I could see myself doing that. So I think by knowing nothing, I was like just priming myself to show up more authentically. Totally. That's, you know, I, as you were explaining that, I was like, oh yeah, like I identify with that. Like, I feel like for most of like my performing career, I mean, that's what you're doing. Like you're auditioning for a role. So you're like constantly molding yourself. And like, that's what I was doing in my personal life as well. Like Mm -hmm. what I'm supposed to do, what is right, you know, checking all the boxes and whatever. And so by the time I was dating, which I literally was Googling what do we expect on a first date? What do you talk about on a second date? Mm-hmm. And then I panicked. I was going on a third date with someone and it was like, you have sex on the third date. And I was like, we've like made out. <laughs> like we're going from making out and parting ways to like, he's going to be inside me in some way. Like that's too much. And so I called one of my friends panicking and she was like, you get to do whatever you want, <laughs> Alyssa. And I was like, oh yeah, I know that. <laughs> but um, so I was like clueless. But at the same time, I just was so like, I know who I am. I know what I'm up to. And like, I like if you don't like that, like that, honestly, it sucks for you. But also mm-hmm. like, I respect that. Yeah. Like, then you're if you if you're not picking up what I'm laying down, like you're not my guy. Mm-hmm. Like you are not the one for me. And like, good. Let yeah. me know sooner because like, I won't have a baby. Right, right, right. I have shit to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasted a lot of time. Well, I mean, that's not fair. Um, yeah, it's never I, a waste. You're learning. Or, I was yeah, like, yeah, whatever. like, you know, I did, I did all that. I'm here to like find a partner mm-hmm. and like, yeah, learn some more about myself. But like, ultimately I know what I'm up to. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is such a different way to date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus like dating in your twenties, which is yeah. just so different. Yeah. Cause Teens. you, and it, you're learning. You like literally are like, who am I? Do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you tell me? Because yeah. <laughs> I'm unclear. <laughs> Better yeah, Just tell me what you like and I'll turn I'll into that. Yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> I, I've always joked like, I think I could cry, like be a good actress because I spent the first 30 years of my life playing many different roles. Yeah. Yeah. That's, None of them were me, you know? I, that's, <laughs> I wrote about that in my book, Unstuck, that like I spent so many years playing the role of Alyssa Alter rather than being mm-hmm. Alyssa Alter. Whereas, I mean, and even now, I mean, I've like evolved so much past that, but I still at times catch myself, especially in like certain social situations where I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. Like I'm playing the role again. And it's like, well, I mean... I'm very good at it. <laughs> I'm well cast in this role, but I just kind of catch myself and I'm like, why am I falling into that? Like, am mm-hmm. I nervous people aren't going to like me? Am I nervous that I'm not 
enough? Like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been really interesting. I mean, it happens less often, but like, it still happens. Mm-hmm. Do you think doing the pelvic floor work has, like, beyond connecting you with your body in a physical way, has actually helped you connect with who you truly are? Yes. And that is why I am still like obsessed with sharing about and teaching and talking about why we need to connect with our bodies in this mm-hmm. way. Because it it's so much more than just being able to ad- advocate for yourself in the doctor's office or in the bedroom mm-hmm. or and all of that, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. But it's like if we then think about it energetically, like that's your root chakra and mm-hmm. like your sacral chakra, which are all connected to like your creativity, your grounding, cre- um, security, safety, stability. And like in terms of physical stability, like this, you know, I'm a Pilates instructor. It's like all about stability and mobility and like, the alignment of your spine and your pelvis like dictates the stability of your body but also energetically like your feeling of grounding and safety Mm -hmm. in a foundational way like I mean it's literally the foundation you sit on like we are both sitting on this foundation right now and it's like it's the foundation on which everything you do is built on Mm mm-hmm you know, and like think about if you're feeling insecure in some way, like that's I then start performing as Alyssa Alter versus when I feel safe and secure and grounded, I just show up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, like I can navigate the world because I know what I'm bringing and then I can actually manage that mm-hmm. versus just kind of getting knocked around and popping over here and then being like, oh, that's wrong. I guess I need to. You can just like be in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Me too. Well, what a beautiful note to end on before, you know, the ghost attacks us again. I know. Oh, my God. That close. We come in peace. We're here yeah. just having a great time. You're welcome to join the conversation. Like, I've always <laughs> wanted a ghost. Do you, just need like, a, not, do you want a snack? Yeah. Don't be weird. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You don't have to be passive aggressive. Yeah. Come on. Just, like, let us know yeah. you're here. <laughs> just, like, hang out in a normal way. Um, okay. So, I know you have courses on this. But yes. would you have maybe, like, one take-home tip for people with vulvas listening, vaginas, mm-hmm. vulvas, to connect with that part of the body? Yes. It's a question that I like to ask everyone. Mm -hmm. And it is for, to take a moment and check in with yourself. And I mean this right now physically, but it can extend outside of that. But like, where is your vagina pointing? It's like right now I'm sitting with like one leg crossed under the other. Mm -hmm. This is like not great alignment, but so right now my vagina is pointing because of like the way I'm sitting a little bit to the left and kind of forward. Mm-hmm. But to really be also in my honor, my physical alignment, I'd want to sit in a way where my vagina is pointing straight down. Mm, okay. And yeah. so if you do that, I know it won't line up necessarily with the mic, but if you notice, <laughs> if you think about like your vagina pointing straight down, mm-hmm. do you see how like the rest of everything kind of stacks up on top? Yeah. Versus like, okay, like your hips over your heels and your ankles and your shoulders and your ears and your hand, like 600,000 things. Mm -hmm. It's just like, where is my vagina pointing? And it gives Mm -hmm. you so much information about what is happening in your body, what your alignment is. And then if we take that to like the woo and it's like, no, like where is my vagina pointing? 
What is in alignment with my foundation, my stability, my creativity, my grounding? Mm -hmm. And then if you like make decisions from there, they'll be much more aligned. How beautiful. I love that. (laughs) It's my favorite. Um, You're amazing. This has been such a blast. So much fun. We really like this show this episode has every we covered a lot of things a lot of ground a lot yeah we really did I mean (laughs) a lot of it I expected NGL like I did not expect a ghost appearance I did not expect poop to come up quite as much as it did I was Uh, planning on asking if you pooed yourself during childbirth (laughs) because I need to know (laughs) I know well and that's like again there's so much people don't tell you I didn't poop I did throw up after which is also very common really Mm -hmm. not once have I heard that why like why are we safeguarding this information like why don't we talk about this stuff this is literally what I do is I talk about this stuff that's why like my podcast is to talk about that stuff postpartum is to talk about that stuff Mm -hmm. like all I want is just to share the information like because why are we not told these things that are a part of the female experience and I mean I think it's it's interesting to know a lot of these things whether or not you decide to have children like but knowing knowing that you're um, cervix being manipulated, touched could make you nauseous or dizzy, or like there is a strong reaction from your nervous system. Like some people shake, mm-hmm. like that's something that happens. You're, you're not weird, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but like yeah. we're left to just be like alone in it. And mm-hmm. especially like with anything with childbirth, it's like fucking bike club. What happens here stays here. It's like, no. (laughs) Like, yes, there's a lot you can't give me a heads up about, but like, there is a lot of shit you can. Yeah. Come on, throw me a bone. Yeah. That's so true. (laughs) Right? Or just like, I think anything involving vaginas in general, it's like, we're also expected to not talk about our periods, our cycles. I mean, I was in the shower with my boyfriend once recently, and I was like, hey, look, like, this is what my cervical mucus is like right now. I'm in this stage of my period. And he's yeah. like, oh, how interesting. And I was like, it, like if my dad knew this conversation happened, I mean, A, he'd be like just disturbed at, you know, the concept, <laughs> of course, like strict Middle Eastern dad. But like he would be like, are you out of your fucking mind? You're talking about your cervical mucus with a man? Like what I'm, is wrong with you? I swear my parents must look at me sometimes. And I mean, they're obsessed with me, but also just like literally like, where did you come from? Oh, because yeah, they don't same. talk about anything. Same. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think they're quite so obsessed with me. I think they love me. I don't know how much they <laughs> like me. <but laughs> My parents are obsessed with me. <laughs> and I think they're horrified at everything that comes out of my mouth. Yeah. But no. my dad knows and he, I don't know, he keeps learning it that I'm like, you do not ask me a question you don't want the answer to. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. So then he asks me dumb questions and I answer them. And then he's like, oh, God, listen. I'm like, you asked. <laughs> yeah. Like, you brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay, where can everyone find you? You, thank you. You can find me on Instagram at Alyssa Alter. And also over on my website, AlyssaAlter.com, where mm-hmm. there's my pod, my old podcast, Myth of Motherhood, which is 
there's so much great stuff on there. Um, and I rebranded to my new show, Alter Your Life, mm-hmm. because everything I talk about expands outside motherhood. It's not exclusive to only if you have children. Um, and I'm going to be launching a blog soon, too. So you can check that out awesome. over there. Yeah. Exciting. And Alter is spelled A-L-T-E-R, right? Yes. Okay, perfect. And it'll all be in the show notes. So yes. Everyone can cl- click over. Thanks. Thank yeah, you can't so wait to much see for you coming on. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. This, this has been so much fun. <laughs> this has been yeah. an absolute blast. I can't wait to do it again. I know. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, go check out Alyssa's podcast. Go check out her Instagram. Share this episode with someone who you think would take something from it. You know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe. Love you guys. Talk to you next week. Bye.